Yes, we can. Good evening, LCM. Tonight is January 13th, 2021, and the title to tonight's message is Empowered to Persevere. Empowered to Persevere. Turn with us immediately to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, and we are going to read together verse 19. Say, persevere when you get there. All right, that's about 8% of us. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 19. Say persevere when you're there. It says this. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it. Uh Uh-huh. As to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Now look, this is a little bit different of a translation than I'm used to, but I'm going to use it tonight. We're going we're to go with what we have here. Because I couldn't help think about you, LCM, as we began to read this verse. Mm. The Lord has given us a prophetic message. Yeah, yeah. And he's making it more certain. It's something that is completely reliable. Because he's given us 100 days of this year, and you are doing well as you pay attention to what God is saying. Amen. See, you're becoming a shining light in a dark place. God has opened our eyes to what's transpiring in our day and to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Look, I got to tell you already here at the beginning, it just reminds me of Revelation 14. You can keep your places where you are. This calls for patient endurance on the part of God's people. See, in this first hundred days that God is working in us, he's working in our services. He is working through us in each and every way. He is Uh, We're having some fantastic foundations. Can you say amen? Amen. An incredible time. We're maximizing our marriages. We're even securing our singles. I mean, God is at work in our midst, and we are excited about what he's going to do tonight to help us all to be empowered to persevere. Amen. You singles uh, excited about being secured? You married couples excited about maximizing your marriage? Then everybody turn with me to Luke chapter 8, and we'll look at verse 15. Say persevere when you get there. There we go. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word. Say hear. Hear. Retain it. Say retain it. Retain it. And by persevering, say persevering. Persevering. Produce a crop. Look, before we dive into some of the the more depths of Scripture here, I just want to talk about the simple God-designed means of agriculture, since this is what we see in Luke chapter 8. So once a seed is planted in good soil, it's surrounded. It's encapsulated by life-giving nutrients. And that soil promotes the stability and the growth of that seed. Everybody's been in you know, elementary school where you took the little lima bean, you put it in the cup with the soil, you put it by the window, you checked it every day, watered it and cared for it. Next thing you know, you got a plant that dies when you bring it home. Well, in this regard, we're talking about good, noble soil. And then once it's surrounded by that good and noble soil, promoting the stability and growth of that seed, you then have some living water. Living water that irrigates that soil and that seed. And it helps to that seed to retain it, promoting the rapid growth 
of roots and stem. You guys, once again, that imagery of that seed inside that cup. You saw the, the little foot that comes out from the, the bean. It establishes a root system, and it shoots a stem right up through the soil to begin to grow. Well, in that agricultural sense, say you have a good farmer who has good soil, and he begins to plant. What if after planting all of these seeds begins to take root and send the stem up above, he decides to uproot his plants every time it began to rain on the other side of the fence. What would happen? It'd die. That seed would have no ability to continue its root system persevering in the soil that it was planted into. Yeah, as we continue to speak on that tonight, I want everybody to turn with us to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. There's a beautiful, beautiful truth that we can see here in Romans chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse 3. There we Say go. persevere when you're there. Come on. It says this, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Come on, we're going to glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. What a beautiful, beautiful passage. We even have it in a slide for you so that you can kind of see it as it's represented. Look at that. The growth and the progress of what Romans 5 is teaching us is very, very important for us to grasp tonight. The suffering that goes on is for a reason. It is to produce something inside of you. It must produce perseverance. If you're going to have perseverance, then what are you going to need before perseverance? You're going to need the suffering to help you to get and develop perseverance. That perseverance, as it has been produced in you, is going to help. Perseverance over time, what it does is it gives you the very character of God. And when you have that suffering that gives you perseverance, that helps to produce the character, you know what that brings about in your life? It brings about a hope. It brings about a help from the heavens. And that's what we're talking about tonight. We're understanding this and The hope that we have is going to help you to stay and persevere in what you have planted where you're not uprooting that every time you think of something different. This hope is what we need tonight. Isn't it good to have hope? Absolutely. This is how we see it uh, acquired in Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 4. Well, going back to our understanding about agriculture and that farmer, right? It's a very bad thing if you're going to uproot seed that's already taken root and put it in an adjacent field every time it rains and across that field. I want to relate it back to, to us, relate it back to me. Why do we uproot and transplant God's word to some other soil rather than the one he originally planted it in, inside of us? Because it was difficult. There was suffering. I mean... Every one of us in here, we have at some point in time received a seed of revelation. We heard it. We then begin to retain it. But that one necessary step is the ability to suffer so that we are able to then persevere. It's a requirement to go through this process and that perseverance that develops character that then brings about hope. Well, this brings me to the immediate idea of how it relates to me and every man in this house that is married. It's just the function and role of being a husband. Well, what about those times whenever you are, are receiving that seed, you heard that word of what it means to be a husband of your household? 
you are then retaining the water of it. But it's just too difficult sometimes to lead strong as you should. That your household doesn't respond to your leadership as well as you thought they would. Or you may have uh, a wife and kids that you tell them to put on their shoes and it's time to walk out the door. They take a little bit longer than you expected. And next thing you know, you begin to be shaken in your confidence as a husband and not realize that you just need to keep persevering as a husband that God has called you to be because through that persevering, you're going to develop character, they're going to develop character, and it all results in having hope. Come on, what about the ladies in the room? We can't forget them. We can't leave them out. See, this idea of uprooting the seed that God has planted in you. See, we want you to have perseverance tonight. What about the ladies in the room? Where you understand, you've heard the word that it's important. It is your role and God-given responsibility to follow your husband well. But you've realized that over time, you've even retained it. You've even come to Friday nights and it's working in you and it's getting watered in you. But what we have is this desire sometimes that it's easier not to follow. It's easier to say it and not follow through. But that requires God wants us and is going to empower us to be able to persevere in exactly what we know to be true. The word that you've heard, the word that you're beginning to retain, but that you must persevere in. Otherwise, you're uprooting the seed and it will never have a chance to grow. Oh, Pastor, I got, I got one more area for us to cover. And that's these precious little seeds of our children that are born in this house. Right? They grow up. They become kind of awkward little kids, and they transition to this phase of being teenagers. When I hear the word teenagers and knowing that process in, in my life and raising them, I look at this chart in Romans 5.3. Suffering that produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope in the name of Jesus. Look, that suffering part of it is that as a father, I'm leading them through this constant source of discontentment. That it's this, this uh, sinkhole, that no matter how much uh, you're pouring into it, there's never a fullness and satisfaction. But here's the way that we view it biblically, that God gave me these four beautiful girls, now three in my household, four or three beautiful girls in my household, that I am raising up to be exactly what I am to be what me and my wife are, to see this way of life and develop inside of them the character, I mean, the perseverance, character, and hope by joining them with me in that suffering as we all go through this process. See, in addition to your home life, what about the role here in the church? What about your role here in the church? Yeah. Man, if only, if only the pastors would understand so that I could be a part of the worship team. If only they knew how good I could really do. If they only knew... Because, of course, that, that role is what we're talking about, right? Or, or Pastor, it, it, I only feel like a secret service. That's, that's about all that I can do here at this church. That's, that's all, it's, maybe that's all that there is for me, that all that I can give to the kingdom is a, a secret service. Or maybe, Pastor, I, I've really heard about you guys starting some home groups. And uh, that, that's, that's exactly what I'm hoping to be a part of. See, when you have these roles, when you have these positions that you're wanting to get, you've got to be careful that it's not uprooting what God has already yes. given to you, what he has already planted in you. See, that's why we start off with gratefulness. That's why we talk about the cultivation and the watering of the plant so that it can grow in you. It's so that the seed that God has given you can come to fruition and you don't move it before it's actually had a chance to come fully alive. Man. Persevering is staying rooted in the place that God planted you originally in.
It's, it's also not shifting targets. Well, every ear of someone who's going through our singles class should recognize that terminology. Every three months, you cannot have heard from God about someone new that you need to marry. That's a good word. That's a really That's good, a good word. word. Yes, this will of life. That you have to persevere in this one simple truth that's being planted in you right now. That singleness is a gift in the name of Jesus. And see, when you persevere with that, leaving it rooted inside of your heart, it then will begin to produce the righteous fruit that God had designed in the first place. So you singles, we're giving you hope tonight. Persevere. Stay on the target that singleness is a gift. See, now, now, now for this next one, we're going to come back to you married folks. Y'all ready? Oh, yeah, they're ready. See, because you're going to have to persevere in your gratefulness. You're going to have to persevere in the seed that's been planted. Because, of course, this is just a hypothetical, and this hasn't been said here, but uh, someone coming along and saying, this isn't what I signed up for. I mean, I'm sure that that hasn't happened in your home as someone comes here and as a married couple, and that, see, what you hear when you're hearing that is someone that's digging up the seed of what God has put within them. They may have even watered it. It may even be starting to sprout, but because it hasn't come to fruition yet, we're just going to pull that thing right up. See, you're going to have to persevere in what God has given you. You're going to have to persevere so that you don't have a hint. Somebody say, a hint? A hint. Not even a hint of regret, because what God is doing in you is he is causing new life to be birthed. Uh, isn't gratefulness a, a, a powerful word for us to camp on when it comes to viewing our marriages? Hey, one other area. It's about our parenting. And this is what I mean. There's a, there's a bit of a, a, a puppy cycle at times when it comes to parenting, right? You long for, pray for, intercede for, fight for having that beautiful child. You got them in your arms, going home from the hospital. You arrive home, first couple nights, glorious. Our life is now moving forward. And then about a month into it, consistently with no more than an hour sleep at a time, it's like, can I bring this back to the return section? <laughs> Get my refund? No, no, no. It's, it's in your care now. And the only thing that you need to do is persevere. Persevere because that child is going to grow up into the generations that God desires to produce outside of you. Yeah. See, church, we're trying to, we're trying to make some very practical examples of things that is the opposite of perseverance. But the reason that we're able to talk to you about them is because they've been said inside of our own hearts. That these are reflecting things that we, we've seen and we've felt and we've, we've heard. Think about your mezuzah for a second. Think about your mezuzah. The idea of the perseverance that's required to see the mezuzah. Because if you don't have perseverance, you may get the impression and may get the thought that, man, this doesn't look like this, this revelation is working out for me. I mean, I've, I've tried and I've gotten it written down, but maybe I planted it in the wrong field. Maybe it's in the wrong place. Maybe I don't understand what's going on. Or worse, maybe that it's not working out for me. Maybe it works for them, but maybe is isn't going to work for me. Look, this is why we have to understand that the suffering... The difficulties that are there. Let's talk about the difficulty of delay for a second. When you're not seeing something quickly, if we really were in the agricultural realm, each of us really deeply, you understand that you don't plant and immediately get a crop. 
There's a lot of time. There's a lot of work that must go in. We consider farmers and we just think about when they plant and when they harvest. But farmers are some of the most hardworking people in the history of mankind because sun up to sundown, seven days a week, they're always working to cultivate it. They're always working through the difficulties of suffering and persevering so that there can be fruit. See, the difficulties of delay inside of your mezuzah being fulfilled, those difficulties are supposed to produce perseverance inside of you, that you keep coming back to it, that you keep holding on to it, that it will develop the character that you need and give you the hope that just because you don't see it today, it doesn't mean that you won't see it. You're going to continue to persevere in what God has given you. Oh, pastor, it's the exact same process in discipleship. That moment that you heard that revelation about Talmudim and that you need to be discipled. Yes, I got it. I'm serious about it. I'm going to start retaining it. And there's a difficulty in the delay. Well, that difficulty then must be something wrong with my discipler, right? It's the way they talk to me. It's what they share, what they don't share. They're not pursuing me. All these other things. Maybe it may be the look on their face when Pastor Matt gives me the dun-dun-dun kind of look at me. It's surely the problem is elsewhere. It couldn't be my character that's the problem. It's got to be theirs or maybe everyone else around me. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I just need somebody else to disciple me instead. You know, I just, I need somebody who knows me. Somebody who can relate to me. Somebody that I feel more comfortable agreeing that their faults are also my fault. So I don't feel so bad about the difficulty of actually having to grow in the process of discipleship. Because surely the delay is everyone else's problem, but it's not mine. Yeah. So if you're talking about your mezuzah, you're inward focused. If you're talking about your discipler or the discipleship process, you're outward focused. But both of these are showing a lack of perseverance in what God has done. Consider the marriage teaching. We, we've, we've been together on Friday nights. We're going to continue this Friday night. We've got the Abigail and the mall cards, and, and I can repeat it back to you. I've heard the word. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to, to, to put it into practice, but are you persevering in it daily? See, because if you do that, then you're able to keep that, that seed planted. You're watering it. You're tending to it, and you're persevering until something godly can be produced in your life. If you have actually done this, then you know that this, these principles that you learn in a marriage teaching are going to produce godliness. They're going to produce yes. a hundredfold in your life. But to get to there, you have to persevere. Somebody say, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to persevere. Look, one, one final area. This also includes parenting teaching. You say, look, I know, Pastor, all the four stages, uh, but I'm just having difficulty in persevering in them so that they actually produce some godly offspring. It, I, y'all's teaching is great, but every time I go to implement it, I think I need to go find some other form of teaching because it's not working for me. Look, in all these areas, we're going to trust that what God has given us is his word, and it's based on his word, and it produces the right kind of fruit. Here's a phrase that we've been saying since the beginning. We're not going to dig up in doubt what we have sown in faith. Have you guys heard that before? Well, we're going to focus on that from this perspective. Church, you will arrive at achieving the goal 
of perseverance. We're going to make sure that every person in this room is going to reach the goal of perseverance. You're going to possess character and you're going to possess hope in the name of Jesus. Consider Galatians 6.9. Many of you can quote this. We have it on the screen for you. It says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, somebody say proper time. Proper time. What is the proper time? The proper time is after you've shown perseverance in what you have been given. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we just don't give up. Yeah. The confidence that should come to us knowing that perseverance is such an important key in the kingdom. You won't lose. You won't lose if you just persevere in doing what God has spoken to you to do. If you just don't give up, there will be a harvest. You will reap something at the proper time. See, we want to help you to get over any problems in perseverance. We got problems in our perseverance that we need to purge out. Pastor, help us with that. Oh, it's our desire to choose an alternative ending or goal for which we were shooting for from the very beginning. Look, this is my mezuzah. This is what my marriage and my family are supposed to produce. I'm certain God gave it to you. I heard it. I'm retaining it. But all of a sudden, because it's too difficult, there's a problem to persevere. So I'm just going to realign of what we're exactly supposed to do. Can't do that. Choose a different goal at a different place in another time. Yeah, you got to persevere. See, diverting from the pursuit of that goal is a... Is a uh, a horrible trait that our society has, that our people have, but not here at LCM. We are working to building a perseverance inside of each of us. See, you can't just move that boundary line. You can't just decide that it is now a different goal. And the reason that people do it is because they need to have that suffering that produces the perseverance needed. Amen. See, that perseverance will keep you from moving targets. Yeah. And actually, that moving targets is just like uprooting the seed. You never end up producing if you don't have the perseverance that's there. Oh, there's a scripture that we're very familiar with out of Psalm 16, that my boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. One of the problems with perseverance is that you want to redefine what those boundary lines and put them in what your version of pleasant places are. That's true. That's a good word. Come on. When we begin to see that the necessity and the standard of persevering, we're not going to want to change what those boundary lines are. We're going to trust that what God will do is help us persevere and eventually get to the end goal that he originally set. Well, let me share with you just a, an idea. There's this idea, I just need to, to gut it out until I reach that goal. It's really, this is what it is. You're calling it done before it is not done. See, just rolling over into a fetal position and crunching and saying, I'm just going to uh, persevere by balling up and enduring it or just gutting it out on the inside, that's not perseverance. Perseverance is standing up and continuing to do what God has called you to do, no matter how long it takes, until the calling is actually done where you're standing. Not 80, not 90, but 100% done. Yeah, that's huge, church. 100. That's huge of us not calling it done before it's done. See, that's us moving that seed. That's us changing the goal. That can't happen if you're going to persevere. The solution to each of these problems, the solution to each of these problems in perseverance begins with gratefulness. Somebody say, I am grateful. I am grateful. And it ends with faith-filled, committed action that doesn't end until the task is actually completed. Amen. 
That is when you know that your perseverance has produced something because the task is completed. Not partially completed, but absolutely 100% completed. Look, we want to give you some very clear understandings and takeaways to understand from this. Let's start with our first slide. It's going to be continuing towards the original goal. This is the first of the solutions to how to deal with these problems and perseverance. Perseverance is continuing towards the original goal. Say original goal. Original goal. Or in other words, OG. Perseverance is continuing to the original goal without redefining what that goal is when it gets difficult. Let's all turn to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. Say persevere whenever you get there. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures. How long, saints? Forever. Forever. And look how it, it concludes. And this is the word that was preached, or we could say this is the word that was planted in you. Come on now. See, once a seed is planted, it must remain planted. There is a singular goal for why it was planted there in the first place. To produce fruit in that field. Oh, yeah. The field that God planted inside of. That seed must then retain it. Allowing the watering of remembrance, realizing and renewal to saturate the revelation so it can take root below and then begin to bear fruit above. Church, we want you to realize that this is true of every revelation that you've ever been given. It's been gathered in gratefulness. It has to be watered and retained. And you are the one that must continue and accomplish it. The field is you. Somebody say, I am the field. I am the field. God is planting a seed inside of you. You are the field. It's not to be taken somewhere else. It's to be developed and through perseverance produce a crop there, here, inside of you, inside of the field. See, this field is your heart. This field is your life. That may, I want you to understand this. If God has given you something, it's so that it develops inside of you and produces a crop in you that will produce a crop in those that are around you. See, that has to be part of our understanding of persevering. It does have to be part of our understanding. For me, can I just share with you something about me? Look, God gave me a word, a defining of what my mezuzah is, to propel others into his presence. And as time went along, I began to hear that I was called to be a pastor that would propel others into his presence. I began to retain it, begin to water that testimony and take steps of obedience in that direction, but had to continue in that original goal. But I can say this, I cannot let my perseverance be hindered by the thought that someone else could be better at it. Here's the truth. This is where God planted me. It's him who planted me in this work. It's him who planted that seed of revelation inside of me. It's him who is allowing that seed to be watered, allow me to be retained in it. And it's him that's going to provide the power to persevere in that work. 
I am that field. And God is planting his work inside of me. And he's doing the same thing for you. Trust and believe that God has called you to what he said he called you to. And that he's going to help you continue to reach that original goal. It's also relates to being a husband. Look, I cannot be hindered in my perseverance because I'm discouraged by previous failures. I'm sure I'm the only husband in the room that has had previous failures. No. Come on, you know those moments. Those moments when it's time to lead and lead well and lead with strength. But the only thing that you can think about is how you got it wrong last time. Maybe got it wrong the previous five times in a row, but you're standing in this time. And what needs to rise up is that I am a husband who's called to lead this family, and God will provide what I need to persevere, to continue to the original goal of leading my family where I should. This overflows into being a father. Now, I'm not going to be hindered in my perseverance because I'm frustrated at the pace of progress of my children and my girls who are just peachy keen, very fine. I will not be impeached from my perseverance at all. That what I must do as a father is that when I'm looking at the progress of my children, having the hope that God will finish the work that he started within them, that he will provide for me and my wife what my children need, and I can see now what they will become, but also give them now what they need to become what God originally called them to be. That's a good word. Anybody need encouragement to be able to persevere when you think that someone else might be better at it? Anybody need some encouragement to persevere because you've been discouraged of previous failures? Need encouragement to be able to persevere when you're frustrated at the pace of what's going on in your life? That is an incredible, what, it's incredible what Pastor Matt just shared with us. See, say, I am the field. I am the field. I am the field. I am the field. See, we are the field that God has planted these responsibilities in, and it is for us through perseverance to produce. Look, we want to show you this next slide. Not only are we going to continue towards the original goal, we're going to remain in him and let his revelation remain in you. Turn with us to John chapter 15. See, in order for the fruit, uh, for the seed to bear fruit above, You've got to remain in him, persevere in its positioning here. Let's look at John 15 and starting in verse 4. Somebody say persevere when you're there. It says this, remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. You're hearing a theme. I'm sure of it. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Can somebody say amen to that? That is just a truth. If we've proven it, I have proven it probably more than most in the room. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me, And my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be his disciples. What an encouraging thought for us to understand tonight. 
See, if I'm going to persevere in the things that he has given me, I must persevere by remaining in him. To have an intimacy with him that is growing because we are connected with him. See, the Greek word for remain here is used ten times. Somebody say ten times. Ten times. Ten times in seven verses that we just read. And it is the root of the word hupomone. These words are connected. We know that you guys are familiar with the Greek word hupomone, uh, a tenacity, a just, you just won't quit. So we're not going to go into that, but we do want to show you some of the senses of this word, this root word that we found here, which is called minnow. Here's a slide to help us out. So senses used for minnow. Let's begin on the, on the left side. To continue. To stay, remain, to endure, persist, to wait in place. See, all these senses revolve around the understanding of persevere. So let's look at how they they simultaneously can occur. All right, you're called to continue. You're called to stay. That seems almost juxtaposed. You're called to continue and wait in place. It's called to continue being who you are and what God told you to do, but doing it in the place that he told you to and not uprooting and doing it anywhere else. In doing so, he provides for you what it takes to endure and persist so that something can be produced from heaven inside of you. Look, there's always the opportunity for us to persevere. And we look at it clearly in John 15. It's by remaining in him. Remaining in him provides for us that ability to continue while we stay, to continue while we wait in place. Church, we're going to turn to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. But as we get there, we'd like to help set a historical context for you so that you can draw the parallels from what we just read in John 15. We want to remind you that in Genesis 12, that Abram was given the promise of being a blessing to all the nations in a specific land, in a specific area of the world, God spoke to a specific man and began to illustrate this point to him. By Genesis 16, we see that this man has had some, uh, some failures and some errors that are going on. See, as a husband, Abraham had to show perseverance under attack because of the event with Hagar. See, as a father, Abraham is called to be a father of many nations, but he has yet to produce a child, and he's frustrated with the pace of what is going on. See, but in Genesis 18, Abraham faces the extinction of several cities, which included his family member, Lot. He's looking at the extinction of Sodom and Gomorrah, and look what Abraham did to persevere in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 22. The men turned away and went towards Sodom. These are the angels that came to visit. But Abram remained standing before the Lord. Where did Abram remain standing at? Before the Lord. Look, church, at At difficult times when our perseverance is threatened, we can learn from our father Abraham what the solution is, to remain standing. And here's the particular aspect, to remain standing in him. Just as we saw Jesus teach in John chapter 15. In fact, a study of the patriarchs' lives reveals that every time a patriarchal figure fails, 
or he's frustrated in the process, God shows up and reveals himself to them as El Shaddai, meaning the God who is enough, which then causes them to persevere. You see how God helped the patriarchs through each one of these circumstances. In Genesis 16, when Abraham fails with Hagar, Genesis 17 begins then with El Shaddai, God who is enough. That's his way of empowering this patriarch to persevere. In Genesis 28, when Isaac has no wife for his son, the Lord again reveals himself as El Shaddai so that his generations can persevere. In Genesis 35, when Jacob's sons had sinned at Shechem, the Lord again reveals himself as El Shaddai, and Jacob perseveres. Church, you've got to get how beautiful this is, that when there's a mistake in the lives of the patriarchs, El Shaddai, the God who shows up is enough. When the patriarchs had a problem in his job, in his marriage, or in his parenting, the Lord showed up, El Shaddai, the God who is enough showed up to help them remain standing, to help them persevere yeah. in everything that was going on. Come on, now you have to understand. i got to be honest with you. This is as true of my life as much as it's been in theirs. This is true of your life. Come on, anybody had a difficulty and the Lord showed his El Shaddai nature to you after that? None of us would be here unless he was the God who is enough. The God who is more than enough to help us to endure, to help us and strengthen us. See, one of the great things about John 15 is that Jesus is telling us that if we persevere in him, he will cause us to persevere in every area of our lives, even the ones where you've had past failures, even the ones where you look back and you wish that you didn't have to look back at, even then, the El Shaddai, the God who is enough, is there for you. Come on, I feel this ministering to some hearts here in this room. He doesn't need you to be perfect. He needs you to persevere. His God is enough, and he can help you to persevere in these, these moments. See, when you persevere, that character grows, and it gives you the hope, the hope for your job, the hope for your marriage, the hope for your parenting, and even the hope to overcome your past failures, your past mistakes, and where you have lacked, because we serve El Shaddai, the God who is enough. Amen. Let's turn with us to Zechariah chapter 14. We're going to look at verse 10. Say, persevere whenever you get there. It just so happens that in this verse, the Greek word that we looked at earlier, meno, appears in it, in verse, in verse 10. The whole land, from Geba to Ramon, south of Jerusalem, will become like the Arabah. But Jerusalem will be raised up high. From the Benjamin gate to the site of the first gate, to the corner gate, and from the tower of Hanael to the royal wine press, and will remain in its place. Do you see the display of El Shaddai in this passage? The God who is enough to sustain and help remain the city of Jerusalem. See, not only does God enable the generations to persevere, he enables the cities that he has established to persevere. Anything that God has ever established comes under attack. There's no city on earth, however, that has been more attacked and sieged than the city of Jerusalem. 
However, there is a God who is enough. A God who is able to cause what he has established to persevere as long as they persevere in him. Do you see that relationship? That what God plants, he is able to make persevere as long as they persevere in him. Remaining in him will empower you to persevere. Remaining in your place and being just as firmly established as the city of Jerusalem was. That's awesome. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 33 and verse 11. Remaining in him is going to empower you to be able to persevere. Psalm 33, 11. Look what it says here. But the plans of the Lord, the very counsel of the Lord, stands firm forever. The purposes of his heart throughout all generations. In the Septuagint here, the phrase for stand firm is minnow. It is the same word as remain, to continue on. It appears in this passage. See, God's plan to continue, to remain, to endure, and to wait in place is seen here, and it's going to endure forever. What about his plans for you, church? Tonight. Somebody say tonight. Tonight, right now, let your faithfulness to God's character be empowered to persevere because of the assurity of his ability to fulfill the purposes of his heart through all generations, including your generations. Amen. See, he can do this. See, we've talked to you about continuing toward this goal. We've talked to you about remaining in him, that your perseverance is demonstrated as you remain in him. And now we want to talk to you about point number three. And we have a slide for this. Point number three is to be joyfully immovable. Oh, yeah. Come on, everybody put a big smile on your face. Oh, you're persevering right now. Uh, Turn with me to John chapter 15, and we're going to look at verse 10. Say persevere whenever you get there. Lightning. There we go. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. If you partially keep my commands. No, if you fully keep my commands. If you're remaining in him. The verse continues, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is a hopeful passage giving us the exact insight of how to be joyfully immovable. It first starts with his commands, keeping his commands, and that ensures that you're going to be joyfully immovable. For those who persevere in keeping the commands, they will persevere in his love as well as being empowered by El Shaddai, the God who is enough. For those who rely on God, who, the God who is enough, we are able to receive his joy. Did you see that inside the passage? When you receive his joy, we can assure you that your joy will be complete. The reason God was presented to the patriarchs as El Shaddai was that he was giving them his complete joy so that they would become immovable in their perseverance. Jesus here, he's giving his disciples the very thing that they need to go through the difficulties that they would soon face after he spoke these very words. 
He was looking to empower them to persevere with completely immovable joy when they were facing the element of death. Come on, you're not even worried about how difficult the task is before you. You have an immovable joy that's just set before you. You're going to persevere in this. Husbands, look at your wives. Say, I'm going to be immovably joyful. I'm going to be immovably joyful. Come on now. Let's take a look at this last slide that we have here for you. As you're continuing towards the original goal, you're not moving, you're not diverting from it, you're not picking a new target, you're not calling it done before it's done. You remain in him and you let his revelation remain in you. That abiding is what gives you the power to be able to persevere. You're going to be joyfully immovable. Man, what an encouraging thought to be joyfully immovable in what God has said. It shows an incredible amount of faith, incredible amount of perseverance in you. And as you're persevering, we want to remind you you that you got to be empowered to persevere turn with us to acts chapter one acts chapter one and we're going to begin in verse four it says this on one occasion while he was eating with them he gave them this command somebody say command Command. do not leave jerusalem but wait For the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Church, as we look at this passage, the word wait, the wait for the gift my uh, my father promised, that is a word derived from minnow. Strong's number 3306. So with this understanding, he is telling his very disciples Continue, but stay in the same place. Continue, but remain where you are. Continue, but endure and persist. And what are they waiting? What are they remaining for? The empowerment of the Holy Ghost. That very thing that would give them the, the, the perseverance. It would give them the ability to continue, to remain, and to stay where God had, had told them to stay. Come on, this was the, the, the essential item that Jesus required before they were sent out to go and be his witnesses. That they needed that empowerment to persevere because he knew what lied ahead of them. And he was setting them up for success. Church, are you catching this? This need to persevere is found at times in the command to wait, but wait right in the place where he's established you. Right exactly where he puts you, continuing, remaining, being joyfully immovable, exactly where God instructed you to be. Not being satisfied with even looking anywhere else. See, you can't leave. You can't wander. You can't wonder at what he's doing. You've got to take your place, be empowered to persevere as you are waiting for the promise to be fulfilled, joyfully waiting for his promise to come to life in every way inside of you. Look, uh, I begin to see something further as I read this verse. I begin to reflect on what we read in John 1510. It's when Jesus told his disciples, just as I've kept my father's commands and remain in his love. See, Jesus is asking of his disciples the very thing that he did as well. He had to follow the father's commands. He had to wait that time period of 12 up to 30 and then he would be commissioned into his work and there being baptized by John, the spirit would descend upon him. See, the promise was that they would receive the same spirit that he did. 
And he, being the Holy Spirit, would then help the disciples continue to remain in him after his resurrection. And more than just remain in him, be exactly who he was. That empowerment to persevere, completing exactly what the Father's will was. We're going to put this last slide back up on the screen for you here just for a second. This is a church who's been well taught. You've heard the word. You know that perseverance is very much part of our nature. Tonight, we've been trying to give you some concrete markers for you to understand what perseverance looks like in your life. That, that concrete marker of understanding to continue towards the original goal. Somebody say original. <laughs> that it shouldn't move. It, God is not fickle. He's not capricious. He doesn't change his mind. And therefore, when he's given us a word, we go after it. And we continue to go towards the original goal. Not having to realign, not having to call something done before it's done. We remain in him. Man, this is something and a principle that is, that is becoming more and more my heart to have an intimacy with the Lord, to have a closeness with him, with him that, is, that is the driving force of what we're doing, to remain in him and let that revelation remain inside of us, to be joyfully immovable, to put a smile on your face and decide that this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to continue to do. This is making my decision-making process. My decision-making matrix is now incredibly easy. Did God say it? Yes. Then I'm just going to keep doing it with a smile on my face. Amen. I'm going to let his joy be made complete inside of me. I'm going to be empowered to persevere. This is not just willpower. This is a heavenly power that comes to us as we wait in the place that God has put for us. Persevering is everything. You've heard. You've retained in many, many ways. And now we're challenging you and encouraging you to do the next step so that you can produce fruit for the kingdom. Not just a little bit of fruit, but that you can produce a hundredfold in your lives. And it comes through the very simple but difficult to execute without his power. You need his power to be able to persevere. And that's what God is building here in this church. Church, let's stand to our feet. Our aim and goal tonight is that we want to give you very clear markers of how to have hope in being empowered to persevere. Well, do you need hope tonight? Hope for you singles that you can continue towards the original goal. Hope for you married couples that God's revelation can remain in you because you're remaining in him. Hope for you parents that you can be joyfully immovable in your parenting. Well, God wants to empower us tonight. He wants to empower us to persevere. Man, isn't that a good word? So I'm sitting thinking as they're preaching, and I hope you're doing the same thing. And I'm not particularly thinking about what somebody else needs to do. I'm thinking about what I need to do. You ever found a task difficult so you thought you needed a new tool? You ever found a task difficult so you thought maybe you needed to modify the task? 
That's what they're preaching about. Would you say something with me? The goal doesn't change. But I might need to take another drink. The harder the work got in my home growing up, the more the people responsible for raising me drank. Now that was not a right application. But there is a scriptural truth in it. The harder it is to be a good husband, the more you need to drink of the Spirit. The harder it is to be a good parent, the more you need to drink of the Spirit. The harder it is for you to complete your mezuzah, the more you need to drink of the Spirit. You do not need a new wife. You do not need to bring home more puppies or children. You do not need to find a new mezuzah. What you do need is to zero in on asking the Lord to empower you, to baptize you in his spirit for that task. So at this altar tonight, instead of coming down as flaming Pentecostal charismatics and focusing on the fact that you speak in tongues, good for you you took a tiny baby step in the kingdom why don't we get more specific than that how about husbands are saying father pour your spirit upon me immerse me in it so that I can persevere in leading my wife mamas how about you say Lord immerse me in your spirit let your holy fire cause me to persevere in directing my children see the baptism in the Holy Ghost is not so that you can just speak in other tongues his immersing in power will help you persevere in every task you find difficult or unpleasant or hard to stick to one dictionary said a long time ago about hupomone stick to itiveness it's hard to argue with that. He will give you the power to stick to what you already know is right and to do it with an incredible attitude. When we say suffering produces perseverance, which produces character, which produces hope, understand something. The spirit of Christ in you will produce his character in you in every area that you lack. Let's make our altar call purposeful tonight. Let's ask specifically. And it's okay, husbands. If you had a few failures, if you, if you wouldn't follow you, but you know she must follow you, <laughs> it's okay to have her lay her hands on you. It's a powerful thing. When a wife puts her hands on a husband, says, anoint him to lead. Because now heaven and earth have agreed on one partnership. It's okay to bring your kids to this altar. Put your hands on them and say, God, pour out your spirit so that I don't quit until they become what you've called them to be. The Lord's going to turn around things in here tonight. You got a good start, but we're going to finish well. Amen. As Pastor Piro on his birthday.
prays for us. Respond as you know you should and receive what you can only receive from heaven. Mighty King, I pray. Pray that tonight you empower marriages to persevere. Pray that tonight that you empower the hearts and minds of singles to persevere. Lord, that we would reach up and grab from your throne room what we need from you by remaining in you, proving faithful in you, because we know that you are a faithful God that empowers your children. We love you, Father, and we thank you for your spirit that divinely enables us to do what we cannot do in our own strength. Amen.